What do the New York Giants need from their next defensive coordinator? Plus, do they have a problem with Brian Dable's fiery demeanor? That and more on today's Locked on Giants podcast coming your way next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics for emergency use. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, P-Train, credentialed member of the New York Giants media. I cover the Giants for Locked On, of course, and also for Giants Country, part of the Fan Nation Network and SI.com sports channel over 30 years. And of course, I'm a published author as well. Happy to have you with us on today's program. Shout out to my Blue Crew community members, my everydayers, my newcomers, and everybody in between. I appreciate you. You are loved by yours truly. All right. On today's Locked on Giants podcast, do the Giants have a problem with head coach Brian Dable's demeanor? I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to give you my two cents in the wake of the explosive report that was uh, published by the Daily News and some of the other, you know, reports that have come out about Dable's demeanor and handling of people and whatnot. Then what do the Giants need from their defensive coordinator, their next defensive coordinator? The Giants have five guys that have been linked to their defensive coordinator position. And as of Tuesday night, when I record this podcast, nobody's been hired yet. So uh, we'll see if somebody gets hired you know, in the time this show was running, hopefully not, but I'll tell you what I think they need from the next defensive coordinator. And then finally, I want to touch upon a topic that I, I think is kind of flying under the radar, and that is the future of Mike Kafka on this team. So we'll talk about that in the third segment. Again, happy to have you with us. Like and subscribe to this channel if you would, if you're watching on YouTube, click that little bell to receive notifications so that you never miss a video. All right, let's talk about the Brian Dable story. Now, the New York Daily News was the latest paper to come out with an explosively written story about Brian Dable and his demeanor, about how he's an absolute tyrant and out of control, you know, out of control with his emotions, pops off at the mouth very easily. You know, what's going on? Do the Giants have a problem there? And, you know, the answer is. It's always somewhere in the middle. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. When it comes to the players, who ultimately Dable feels, I think, the biggest responsibility to, he's got a good relationship with those guys. I mean, I was in the locker room on baggy day, and I personally witnessed him going up to just about every guy who passed by him to give him a big bear hug, to, to thank them for their, you know, their time and their effort this past season. You know, to ask them, hey, what are you doing in the offseason? You know, just you could see there was a lot of love between Dable and the players. And, you know, that's ultimately what his responsibility is, is putting those players in the best possible position to be successful. So you saw that it worked because down the stretch when the Giants had nothing to play for, 
guess what? They played hard. They did not nail it in. They did not make business decisions. They played for Dable. Okay. So that's the crux of, you know, what Dable is aiming for. Now, regarding the staff, his expectations are very simple. Do your job and put the players in the best possible position to succeed. Now, okay. During a game, things can get a little heated. We've all seen it. I mean, heck, I've seen fans get heated when something has gone wrong. You know, the the officials miss a call or a player misses a block or a player drops a pass or misses a tackle, whatever. Dable is no different. And the reason why I believe he pops off is because he knows how hard they're working behind the scenes and he's not expecting, you know, that to happen. And if he sees it happening time and time again, then you have to ask, is that on the player or is it on the coaches? All right. So for example, let's take the offensive line. The offensive line, as you guys know, could not pick up a stunt all year long to save its life. Is that on the players or on the coaching that they got? You know, if they miss one stunt, it's on the players. But when it's week after week after week, it's stunt after stunt, you got to question the coaching. So yeah, Dable, does he pop off? Absolutely. It's because of the expectation, at least this is my theory at any rate, the expectation he has of making sure that they are in the best possible position to be successful. Now, here's where it becomes a potential problem. Number one, you almost get the impression that Dable is expecting perfection. And you know what? Perfection's never going to happen. Not on this planet at any rate. Not in this world. Everything's going to have, you know, a flaws. And sometimes the flaws can, you know, sink your battleship. And sometimes you can get, you can overcome them. And I think a big problem with the Giants this past year is they weren't good enough to overcome their flaws. From a health perspective, Dable might want to consider learning to be a little bit more chill, if you will, because if you're going to pop your cork like several times during the game, your blood pressure is going to go up and God forbid you're setting yourself up for a medical emergency if you are not careful. So I'm not saying, you know, I know of of anything about Dable's health or anything like that, but I sure would hate to see him you know, blow a gasket and God forbid it leads to something more serious. So does he need to maybe cool it down a little bit? Yes. And here's the other thing that I think, you know, might have rankled a few people the wrong way. They're all adults in that building. And as adults, you don't want to be yelled at. All right. If you do something wrong, you want to, you know, have a rational conversation, have your boss come to you and say, hey, listen, That thing you did the other day, I didn't care for it. Here's why. But if somebody comes at you and starts screaming at you and cussing you out and whatnot, that's going to put you on the defense. And that's not a healthy work environment. So I think Dable, if he is indeed guilty of that, and I've, you know, I've seen him pop off, you know, during practices and whatnot. And obviously we've seen him do it in the games, obviously. Um, we don't know what has been said on the headsets because we're not tuned into the headsets, but that's where, you know, you would like to see him maybe change his approach. And can he? I don't know, but I'll tell you this much. Bill Parcells changed and he was known as, you know, a real tough guy to to uh, to deal with. Tom Coughlin changed his ways. 
All right. And Tom Coughlin was a little bit older than Brian Dable at the time when he was head coach here. So Tom Coughlin, you know, came in and he didn't have any kind of, you know, relationship with the players. And he was, he basically, you know, through intervention of family and some colleagues learned the importance of having that. And so he began to soften up. But in the beginning, the players, you know, remember, they ratted him out to the union in his first, you know, offseason as head coach because he was mandating stuff that he shouldn't have been. Tiki Barber famously fought with him. They used to have some screaming matches that were just, you know, not safe for me to put on, to, to repeat here on the uh, the program. Uh, so yeah, there there were there were some you know issues there. But Tom Coughlin throughout the years, you know, I remember even Antrell Roll at one point saying that Coughlin needed to loosen up. And by the time it was all said and done, Strahan, Michael Strahan was another one who who I think, you know, said that he needed to loosen up. But at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, Coughlin changed just enough while still remaining true to himself as far as you know discipline, appearances, um, putting the players in the best position. And they all lived happily ever after to the tune of two Super Bowl trophies. So if Parcells and Coughlin can make those adjustments, Dable can as well. But the first step is, is Dable's got to acknowledge it and he's got to want to do it. And, you know, that's something maybe John Mara can intervene and tell him, hey, Brian, look, you know, it's okay to be fiery, but just, you know, channel it a little differently. Or maybe, you know, they don't say anything. And remember, winning last year, or and I'm referring to 2022, cured a lot of problems. You know, when you're winning and things are going well, you can tolerate maybe a little bit better some of the, the uh, explosiveness of, of one's temper. This year, not so much because, you know, the last thing you need is somebody telling, you know, screaming at you because your unit just screwed up and allowed five sacks in a game when you know, okay, this isn't good enough. You don't really want to hear somebody coming down on you, your boss coming down on you and screaming at you. And I think that's what kind of just made the the whole issue maybe a little bit more sensitive to what it needs, what it needed to be. And, you know, obviously people were let go from their positions. Um, whether those people are the ones that are sourcing these reports, you draw your own conclusions. You know, certainly, you know, it's not, you know, it it wouldn't be surprising because they might have a an axe to grind, but the important thing is, is this will all settle down. I think, you know, once we get into the off season, the dead of the, you know, the month of February before the combine, hopefully this settles down. Hopefully the giants fix the roster and they move forward rather than just stay mired in this, this ugliness that has just come out about the head coach. All right. Coming up next, going to talk about what the giants need from their next defensive coordinator. Don't go anywhere. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so that you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and if you find that therapist doesn't meet your needs, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've made with BetterHelp. 
Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on for 10% off your first month. Hey, Giant fans, just because the Giant season is over doesn't mean that the fun of playing daily fantasy sports with price picks has to stop. Because right now, with basketball season underway, price picks gives you the chance to pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league that was created specifically for combo projections featuring two or more players from different sports or leagues. And did you know that you can also play along with friends and family by checking out the community tab? Prize Picks makes it so easy to play. Just pick two or more players, predict their stats, and sit back and see how they perform. It takes less than 60 seconds to make an entry. And when you play with Prize Picks, you'll enjoy quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and a wide selection of player and stat types. So what are you waiting for? Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. And that promo code is LockedOnNFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Chena. And Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And speaking of subscribing... If you are watching us on YouTube, we would appreciate it. If you would like, subscribe to this channel, click that little bell for notifications every time I publish a new video. Locked on Giants, of course, is available free five days a week with some bonus episodes sprinkled in here and there and some shorts that are sprinkled in. So you'll never miss a video if you click that little bell and you subscribe. All right. In this segment, what do the Giants need from their next defensive coordinator? Now, I am recording this show on Tuesday evening. And as of Tuesday evening, the Giants have not made any announcements regarding their next defensive coordinator. It is possible we might hear something tomorrow. I don't know how extensive uh, Brian Dable's search is. But let's recap real quick. The candidates that they have interviewed include uh, Denard Wilson of Baltimore, Shane Bowen of uh, Tennessee, Jerome Henderson, who's the Giants defensive backs coach, Derek Ainsley, who is uh, with the Chargers, and Miami's linebacker coach and New Jersey native, Anthony Campanile. So those are the five that they have interviewed thus far. Um, Glad to see that Dable is really doing an extensive search because this is an important position for his staff. He's got to get somebody on board who can basically run that defense and not have, you know, Dable having to hold his hand. Now, I went back and I looked at Sports Info Solutions to see what the Giants had done uh, under Wink Martindale and maybe what the Giants could use or get out of from this next defensive coordinator, what they would need to change. And a couple of things kind of jump out at me with the defense that Wink ran, starting with the personnel package that he ran, you know, the ba- you know, the basic personnel package. On 44% of the defensive snaps, 
Wink was constantly running a 2-4-5. That means two defensive linemen, four edge rushers or linebackers, if you will, five defensive backs. The one thing that I always wondered about is, you know, under Wink Martindale, the run defense wasn't really, you know, solid. Now, I know there were times when he might have given up the run defense or given up the run to, to focus on the pass. But just consistently, the run defense under Wink Martindale wasn't very good. And I often wondered if that was because of this alignment. According to Sports Information Solutions, that 44% was the third most in the league, and it had a 45% success rate, which was dead last. All right. That was against the run and the pass. So, you know, now I know he would put like a linebacker on the on the line, but you just wonder, you know, when you think about the play in the trenches, wouldn't it make more sense to put beef against beef? You know, you're going up against five offensive linemen, five big guys. And if you're only fielding two big guys on the defensive side and then a, a linebacker who's, you know, maybe 247 pounds as opposed to 300 pounds, doesn't that put you at a little bit of a disadvantage? I mean, it could, right? So. I would like to see the next defensive coordinator who comes in here maybe go back to more of, you know, a traditional 3-4, you know, 3-4-4 or 3-2-5 or something like that. Just, you know, especially against the run. Put the beef up front. I don't think they did as good of a job there. And that problem was further um, exemplified by the – the play of the edge rushers, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau had some problems sometimes contain holding the edge as did Aziz Ojolari. So I was just kind of surprised that the giants relied on that defensive formation so often as they did the blitz. Let's talk about that. The giants had the second highest blitz rate, according to SIS 46% with a 23% success rate. Now with a four man rush, the Giants had uh, ran that 48%, which is 31st in the league, with a 44% success rate. I can appreciate Wink Martindale wanting to live and die by the blitz, but a little too often, if that blitz isn't getting home, if that blitz isn't you know doing what it needs to, when you have a young defensive secondary like the Giants did with you know uh, with Deontay Banks back there. And in the beginning of the year with Trey Hawkins back there, that's not helping them out. So I just felt like, you know, sometimes they were a little too much, too, too over-aggressive. You know, there, there needs, in my opinion, to be a little bit of better of a balance as opposed to, you know, throwing everything you got at, at the quarterback in hopes that he makes a mistake. You know, that's that's like, you know, going back to the same slot machine and playing it 50 million times because, hey, you happen to hit on one, you know, spin, you know, you happen to get $100 in coins. And now you think, oh, OK, it's going to pay off again. So there has to be, I think, a little bit more of a balance in terms of, you know, being aggressive versus, you know, no one went to to go with a different approach, if you will. Um, one last thing I'll mention about the defense. And this drove me crazy. And this is more of a personnel thing. Why were the Giants dropping Kayvon Thibodeau into coverage? He is at his best when he is allowed to hunt. 
And, you know, maybe Martindale figured, okay, you know, the kid can do it. You know, I'm going to have confidence in him, expand his role. That's good. But if the kid's not delivering the goods in that role, why continue to go there? You know, if anything, you kind of hurt maybe his performance, you know, maybe, um, you know, he could have had more sacks or more pressures. Maybe he could have helped that pass rush when you sent the blitz or when you send four men. So that's something, you know, I would hope the next defensive coordinator, whoever he is, reconsiders because Kayvon Thibodeau in, in coverage, look, he tried. I don't fault him for it, but I just think it was a major flaw in the Giants defensive scheme the last two years under Martindale, something that I hope the next defensive coordinator corrects. All right, coming up next, I'm going to talk about Mike Kafka. And is there a possibility that he might not be with the Giants this year? We'll explain why coming up after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you're concerned about some of the supply chain shortages affecting certain life-saving antibiotics, then you need to know about Jace Medical's Jace Case. The Jace Case is a pack of five different and common antibiotics that can put your mind at ease during these uncertain supply chain times. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and if approved, your Jace Case medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular costs. Go to jacemedical.com today and use the offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Again, that's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. And that promo code for $20 off your order is locked on. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trainer. It is hump day. So happy hump day to everybody. Hope your week is going well. And we, of course, will have two more episodes of the Loth on Giants podcast this week. Topics to be determined. I'm kicking around a couple of ideas. And, you know, if there's a topic, by the way, that you want me to talk about, let me know. You know, I'm here to disseminate information to you guys. So if there's something you really want to hear about, let me know. And uh, I'll see what I can do to work it into either a segment or make a show out of it. I've actually done that. I've had some listeners, you know, suggest show topics and I've taken it and run with it. So happy to do that for everybody. All right. In this segment, would the Giants be looking at a potential change in offensive coordinator? Well, we all know, I think, that Mike Kafka has received two interviews from teams who need head coaches, the Titans being one and the Seahawks being another. But what happens if he doesn't get those interviews? Will he be back with the Giants? And if so, in what role? Now, what do I mean by that? In Brian Dable's year-end press conference, he kind of left the door open to the possibility of him taking over the play calling or somebody else doing the play calling. Now, I have said before on this program, and I'll say it again here now, if the Giants draft a young quarterback, the spring, I would not be surprised at all if Dable takes a really big hands-on role in the development of that quarterback, much like he did in Buffalo with Josh Allen. And I would not be surprised if Dable decides to take the play calling to make sure that that quarterback starts off on the right foot. 
Now, if that were to happen, and I think it's a very realistic possibility of happening, that would mean sort of a demotion of sorts for Kafka. He would still have, you know, the offensive coordinator title, but not the play calling duties. And if that were to happen, what are the odds that he would hang around? You know what? If an, one of these uh, NFL teams that are hiring new coaches, head coaches, needs an offensive coordinator, maybe Kafka makes a lateral move. I would not rule that out. Not at all. And if that were to happen, then what? Well, my guess, and I've been saying this is for a long time as well, is that quarterbacks coach Shay Tierney would be promoted to offensive coordinator but would not be calling the place, at least not initially, if the Giants draft a young quarterback. I think Dable will take that on to, again, make sure that everything gets off to the right start. And then maybe down the line, Shea Tierney gets that opportunity to call plays once the quarterback situation is stabilized. So that's something that, you know, again, we're not talking a whole lot of. Um, Kafka, right now, the last man standing amongst the three original coordinators hired by Dable. But there is a big possibility that they that you know he might not be here come the spring when the team reconvenes. And you know, people have said, you know, losing one coordinator is not that big of a deal. Losing two, eh, that's a little bit of a concern, but losing three, oh my God, what a disaster that could be. In this instance, because the offense is primarily Dable system from that he brought down with him from Buffalo and his, you know, the other places he's been in it at. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal if Kafka walks out the door. I really don't. I always said that if Martindale walked out the door, that would be more challenging because you got to make sure you get that position now right. And that's what I think the Giants are at right now. You know, special teams, the Giants have tried to get, you know, established special teams coordinators in here from other teams. They've been rebuked. So they have gone now to assistant special teams coaches who can't be blocked by their current teams because this represents a promotion, a potential promotion for them. So special teams, that's to be, you know, decided to be determined, but, you know, really this whole thing with the offensive coordinator, Kafka, you know, we all know how the giants finished on offense, you know, dead last in just about every category or near the bottom of the league in every category, something's got to change. And, I am convinced until further, you know, until I learn otherwise that Dable is going to take on the play calling. This is a pivotal year for him coming up, you know, that you can't go and change the coach every two years like the Giants have been doing. So he's going to get another opportunity. He's got to turn it around. The pressure is on. So if it means him taking on, you know, a bigger role in the offense, that's what's going to happen. Would not surprise me and it should not surprise you if that's what happens. So we'll see. Never a dull moment in the land of the Giants. And we, of course, on Locked On Giants, will bring you everything as it breaks. want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Again, please like and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube and click that little bell for notifications so that you never miss a new video. Be sure to tune in tomorrow to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'll have a brand new show for you. Until then, have a great night, everybody. And take care.